0: Hi everyone, welcome to the second instalment in our podcast series, where we'll be discussing managing and supporting employees with stress. I'm joined today by Sarah Keyes, Joe Thornton and Manzek on Gill. So how do you spot the initial signs that show a colleague uh, might be starting to suffer with stress?
1: I think one of the things for me in COVID that's been really challenging is being able to tap into my gut instinct around that because I haven't been around the people to pick up where their energy's at. And that has been a massive challenge for me. Um, and moving jobs during the COVID period I meant I didn't I felt like I didn't know my people, and that was really mm. challenging. So I think part of it is that kind of goes back to knowing your staff, knowing your team, and then knowing what ordinarily they might present like, which helps you to kind of go actually, you know, this person's normally very quiet in the mornings, uh, you know, normally very chatty in the morning. Sorry. And they're really quiet this morning. Is everything OK? And being that kind of curious person around it without overstepping the mark, because some people don't want to talk about it. Um, I think people's work is always an indicator of that, without a doubt. And that should be the first thing I think we should absolutely be considering if we're seeing kind of work, perhaps not in the way that we ordinarily would with that person. Um, I think often you know there is there's there's absolutely a need for for what I call insightful and emotionally intelligent leaders that will go you know this is not this is not normally what's going on i'm I'm a little bit kind of what' what's what's going on here and asking those questions when the work isn't where it needs to be rather than jumping to a they're not doing their job so I think there's you know the work is often an indicator that that gut instinct around people I think is quite crucial Um, and you know whether it's periods of sickness or you know time off or you know performance functionality whatever it is you know and and sometimes it's maybe a colleague saying I'm really worried about this person and that's Mm -hmm. your indicator because somebody else has shared it with you and I think all of those things would kind of make you go as a manager or as a leader right what do i need to do with this person to try and help them to again invite that conversation about what i might be able to do to support them um but that you know that doesn't take away from the the model of kind of high support and challenge that that's really okay to do and i think you can do that really well if your staff feel safe and supported they yeah. will welcome that challenge because it will make them feel more safer. You know, what what is their firm ground when they're struggling with something? I think things like that are really important. Um, and how you communicate that back to the staff or back to your colleagues or whatever is is massively important. Uh, you know, I always say, I think the power of what you say to people and how you say it is a lot more important than kind of, you know, just going, well, this isn't working. And I just think that is, you know, really Really important.
0: I think you were absolutely right. I think um, taking time to understand that baseline is really important. So you know what you know what kind of every day you know what every day is, so that you can that you can um, measure measure off against off against that. I think one of the things that we lost during COVID was I got this sense of once as soon as we got into these like little boxes, people stopped talking about the sort of things that you would do when you were making a cup of coffee. They kind of felt like they were wasting time. And so you I I work. That's something I work really hard at is that even when we're in a hybrid environment that I have no qualms about spending five or ten minutes in the, bit, the beginning of a one-to-one asking about people's weekends asking about what's going on at home asking about their families um once you've built that it's you know, it's horses for courses isn't it but um actually it does feel a little bit awkward and uncomfortable, but actually, I'm past feeling that because I think it—you have to find something to replace the making the cup of coffee together um, moment that you've already done before you get into the meeting. So it's it's interesting how we're having to adapt working out those who our people are and whether they're quiet in the morning or not. And I th- I do think from a um you know spotting and and acting on when our people aren't is is a little bit harder in a hybrid world because you're you're having to adapt all of the time sometimes it's in person sometimes it's away and even when it's in person I can't always find all my people because they're not all in one well there's like all of us they're not all in one place and that as a manager is for all managers it it does your um emotional intelligence you really have to work at it I think
1: yeah, that that radar, I think, of emotion is so crucial to tap yeah. into what's going on for people in a way that in the COVID world, I think, has just presented so many different challenges for people. Um, and I remember a, a colleague of mine talking about um, doing like a tea at three. So it was like a standard thing every week. They did a tea at three just and all they did was came together and talked about you know tea at three and that's really powerful stuff because it invites that informal conversation that you might have when you're typing something up and then you've gone oh, I'm just don't know what's happened here or like you know or I'll oh, know it's like absolutely pouring down with rain I'm gonna have to go out in the rain and I forgot my jacket you don't you know you miss that you miss that informal conversation which is the basis of really good relationships as well and and getting to know people you you know you I you know i absolutely found it really isolating having new teams and going I don't know I don't know who they are and yeah. I don't know how they function I don't know what they might like and and I think I that's agree. that's really really you know strange and it's been hard I think as well and I, I, I always say it's been hard as a leader to keep leading when I can't kind of feel connected to my people that's that's definitely been. A challenge I think and I think sometimes when you own that and then tell your staff that they also go yes when I joined and a new staff member I was a bit like oh I don't know where I need to go and who I need to be with and and again I think normalizing some of that conversation is really powerful for people and and can absolutely kind of help you not feel so isolated and alone when you're feeling a little bit like I don't really know where Mm. I need to be or how I need to present or whatever. The minute you say it, it's a
0: perfectly normal. It, you can't actually, you can't control that reaction. It's how your brain chemistry works. Yeah. So it's absolutely normal. to it's absolutely normal because we are instinctive. We will instinctively seek out another human to help us. Even the you know the most introverted people will ask, yeah. will ask for help when they're lost. Um, but you're right. But actually, articulating that it does take that aloneness away, doesn't it? Because yeah. it can be really low. It can be really lonely as a manager, the best of times. But when you're sitting in a team's box, you can feel asking for and, and actually that plays out, doesn't it? Being able to ask for help is the the, the biggest thing that um uh, eases my stress. Mm. Asking for help because I don't know how to do something. And I was um when I was preparing for this, I was just reading some stuff around. There's research now that says that, you know, that old thing probably shared is a problem at heart, uh, heart. There's been some social psychology on it. Yeah. Uh, a, a research, and it's true. The, yeah. if there's empirical evidence. It does have, you know, sharing it halves the stress of it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Really there's a great, there's a great video on YouTube I shared today, the session that we did, which is about putting the glass down. And it's only like one minute long or something. And it talks about um holding the the glass. And this professor says to people, you know, how 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 much do you think this glass weighs? And, you know, the children are guessing it in the room or the teenagers. And then he talks about it's not necessarily how much is in the glass, it's how long I hold it for. So, you know, if I'm holding it for five minutes, it maybe weighs this much. If I hold it for 10 minutes, it's going to feel even heavier. Even And he relates it back to the concept of stress and holding that inside you and not having a place to share it or let it out means that that glass gets much heavier you know because you're carrying it for longer and it's literally only like a minute long video and it's a really powerful way to help people to think about you know how can they put that glass down in the work environment when things are really stressful and busy um and you know it's 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 apps it's one of my favorite video and it's just so simple And anything that's simple and you know short for me would work. And it was just, you know, it's a really powerful way to say to people, how much weight are you carrying at the moment? And you know, how can we help you put that down for a bit so that you don't feel because stress is normal part of life. You're gonna have it every day. You know, getting up in the morning sometimes can be stressful. Washing my hair is always very stressful for me. (laughs) But ultimately, that stress is part of you know my life. So I have to kind of work out what is gonna be how long am I going to carry that stress for before it starts impacting me as a person and I can't function in the way I need to function? So, yeah, I, I definitely think that that kind of stuff is really great for people to use as, as tools to even just start a conversation about stress.
2: And I think if you're having those conversations and if you have got, if you are having those, you know, the coffee mo- morning, the coffee making moment, you know, you'll, it will also give you an insight to perhaps significant events in people's lives that are occurring outside of the workplace that are inevitably going to be stressful. I don't know, the, the loss of a parent or some, you know, illness in the family, um, you know, and so then because obviously stress doesn't always come from the workplace it can result in all manner of factors and but that will give you a really good idea and then maybe you could work out how you can bring some stress relieving factors into the workplace just to help that individual and support them as much as possible Um, and then also you might have an idea of people that are more prone to stress. You know, some you might have had some history with a member of staff and you might may have have a wellness action plan in place that helps you identify triggers. I mean my my um manager knows that if I'm sitting next to a huge packet of minstrels that I'm having a stressful afternoon. <laughs> you know, that that is very much my trigger. <laughs> that, that's a normal day for me yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, a great, that's a normal day, normal everyday yeah.
1: occurrence.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um Yes, I think know, knowing your staff and, you know, and also knowing about workload, you know, have people got a manageable workload and people feeling empowered to come to you as as and say, oh, I'm thinking, <laughs> can you help me? Um, I've got too much on my plate, as, you know, so that you can just help um, redistribute and, you know, take that pressure off.
1: And it's interesting because I think that thing around kind of personal stresses, which can be tragedy in a family or whatever Mm -hmm. and then there's kind of societal stresses as well whether it's something that's going on in another part of the country that potentially affects you as an individual or you know whether it's a report you've seen that doesn't resonate with who you are as a person whether you feel you know you don't know which direction yeah the financial crisis is a big one in terms of people's cost of living at the moment and all those things that are happening in the world which can also then add to people's stress. Um, And I think different things for different people are, you know, what might be going on. So, you know, I know for me that, that, you know, a couple of years ago during COVID, when there was a, a farming crisis going on in the north of India, I was directly affected by my family. But. But not my colleagues didn't really know that because it wasn't as reported on the news. But it was a massive deal for me. And, I, you know, and I really struggled with work. And at that point, I realised how important that relationship with peers and that support yeah. network was. Because as soon as I shared, this is where I'm at with this. it, You know, some people did a bit of research on it and came back and went, gosh, I mean, this is, you know, I had no idea. Like, are you OK? Is your family? And it was a really powerful tool. Um, So I think some of those worldly issues as well that we don't always know about, but it goes back to that kind of trusting relationship and which, you know, doesn't have to be your line manager. I I think that's really important. It can be a peer. It can be just a support network within your work environment. So when these outside things are happening, you know, who's who's your who's your safe person that you can say, do you know what? This is really tough for me at the moment. Um, And identifying and knowing those are really important, I think, like. I know for me, that's massively helped me through lots of things, like absolutely knowing who the people are that I will go to for certain things. And I really am so glad that I've kind of broken it down in that way, because it means that the minute X happens, why is the person I'm going to go to? Because I know they'll be able to understand or relate or whatever or give me what I need at that point. So I think there's some. you know some reflections for, for everyone to do around who is that support network for them and who who are their safe people?
2: And I found that as well that there are two trains of thought you know when we know about an external influence that might may be well resulting in stress um, that we've been talking about I think there are two two threads in my experience. There are people that you know take those things on board and then want to actively help that individual and put in support measures before it's you know to try and help it not um, become anything else and then there are other people I think that say well it's not affecting their work so we won't worry about that we'll wait for it to to affect their work and then we'll step in and I'm just wondering I suppose I personally, I'm I'm far more with the former than the latter. I would consider the latter to be more traditional, but I think it is quite interesting because there are different views, aren't there?
0: It it is interesting, and and you know I'm I think I'm with you, Joe. I'm the just the checker in. Are, okay? are you okay? And actually, it is a but but framing that question is really important, isn't it? Because actually. I'm already. I'm already inviting that person to actually, you know, agree with me that they're okay. So framing that. So excuse my clumsiness around framing that. Are you okay? There are much smarter ways to answer that. To ask that question in a in a very open way because that's the your that the danger with. Checking in is really important, but it has to be open checking in so that the individual can say, actually, I'm I'm not, you know, this is on my mind and it's been playing on. I'm not sleeping because of it and, you know, I can't I can't get up in time. So I think how you check in, which doesn't um, uh, almost evoke. Uh, the response you're looking for that that you're looking for that enables you to fall fall into the latter example of okay it's all it's all all right there i've asked them if they're okay it's all it's all it's all all right so carefully as a manager carefully constructing your open yeah. questions is really important
1: and, and the authenticity of that is really important yeah. because if you haven't got time to hear the response maybe now's not the right time to ask that question and i think that's also really important to owners managers and that's not to say you know for staff members in crisis you're going to walk away and leave them but actually Have you got the time to genuinely hear the response? Because if you don't, then, you know, the purpose of asking it becomes lost, doesn't it? So the authenticity kind of falls away by the wayside with it. but yeah, I definitely and and those different. You know, I I always say I'm somebody. Sometimes I just need to rant about something. I, I'm not looking for a solution. I'm not looking for an answer. I'm just frustrated about something, and I just need to get it off my chest. That's it. And then I'm done. Yep. And, and you know, it's Yeah, a minute's rant, and it's over. And I won't think about it again. And I'll carry on with my day. So you know, again, it go goes back to what what do you know about people? You know, what is yeah. it that works for that person that you know, others need help in find. Give me some solutions that I can use or give me something to try out. Others will simply go, I'm just having a really hard day and I just need to say like, oh, people are getting on my nerves or whatever it is. And that's it. And they're over it. You know, that's their frustration and their stress parked for the day. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found it
0: useful and will join us again on the next episode.